are Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 8th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is ready to jump into our season preview with Mary Clark for the Flyers. Flyers hockey is, is coming very, very soon. Yeah, just around the corner, and I always like talking to Mary, so we're excited to bring that to you. So make sure you are following us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers to keep up to date with the Flyers in training camp and going into the season. It starts next week. So um, if you don't have Twitter, no problem. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And today, like I said, we are going to talk about the Flyers with Mary Clark. Pretty much a, a tradition. This is the second year <laughs> or the second season with Mary. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on the Flyers so you do not miss out. We are back to five episodes a week. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Honestly, wherever you are listening, we are there. So subscribe to get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. So Rachel, we were supposed to talk to Mary on Thursday. So it would it would have been up for the Thursday episode. But, you know, there was a lot of things going on in uh, the United States, specifically in D.C. And, you know, while we're bringing new content to you guys, I just thought it would be really important to talk about the fact that with everything going on, we do recognize that uh, this is a historic moment in um, our country, in the United States. So we don't want to let that go by the wayside. I, it feels weird to talk about the flyers without recognizing what's going on um, in the world. So yeah, it's it's a little weird, um, especially the fact that, I mean, this isn't surprising, but hockey and hockey players have been pretty quiet on the issue. Uh, the Flyers, they had, uh, they didn't have practice on Thursday and they weren't available for, um, to the media at all. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if anyone speaks up. I know that some of the basketball players for the 76ers have. And um, yeah, it's it's not surprising that hockey's been silent, uh, but it is, a, it is discouraging. Yeah, it, it is a little weird. I mean, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording, I'm not sure exactly what they should say or but like to recognize that there's just something going on in the world that doesn't involve sports or just say, hey, you know, we understand things are tough out there. We're here for you. You know, just something even that basic might be nice to hear from them. And but we just haven't heard anything. And I know that you know, a lot of the so-called experts, and they are experts in terms of branding and marketing and social media. Most of those outlets, at least that I've come across, have told brands to just shut up, which is a fair strategy because it's better to sometimes better to say nothing than to say something and mess up terribly. But in other cases, just silence is deafening. So I honestly, I'm not sure like where I fall on this in terms of what I think they should do, but it does just feel odd. I think you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat with you. I don't really know what to say. I don't know what would be the right thing to say. I really don't know what I want them to say, but just 
it just feels weird not to acknowledge that what's going on is, is actually going on. Um, so yeah, just, I definitely just wanted to, you know, point it out, Rachel and I, we do know what's going on. We were as devastated as a lot of people were on Wednesday night. So, you know, you're not alone if you are just devastated right now, angry, confused, um, So hopefully uh, our conversation with Mary can bring you a little bit of a distraction. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. And while we do want to be a distraction, we also just wanted to let you know that we we are recognizing what's going on. And, you know, we're we're right there with you if you're feeling confused and upset. So, yeah. Okay, with enough rambling with that, we're going to jump into our conversation with Mary. So I really hope you guys enjoy. All right. So like we previewed, we are joined by Mary Clark. Mary, thank you so much for joining us again. This It has to be tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love talking to you guys and I'll make it a tradition if you guys want, because I love being on here. So thank you for having me. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> All right. Before we start on the off season and the flyers, Mary, give us uh, your takes on world juniors and uh, our golden flyers boys. Oh man. What a game that was against Canada. I was I, I was kind of surprised to see them shut out Canada, but it was fun. I won't lie. It was really fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, the Flyers prospects, uh, Bobby Brink and Cam York, they didn't steal the show necessarily, but uh, they had six points each and they looked good. So that's good enough for me. So I'll take that. And they won gold. So Yeah, pretty much what me and Rachel said uh, yesterday's episode. I I mean, I was terrified watching the whole game because I was like, there's no way. Like, I just feel like Canada is going to come back. But they didn't. And that was our little piece of joy for the week. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, Canada really didn't face as stiff competition as the U.S. did. So it was definitely clear that the United States was prepared to face Canada. But it, it seems as if Canada had coasted and just weren't, you know like ready to play up to that level until a little bit later, but then the U S shut them down and shut them out. So yeah, a little bit of a too little, too late kind Mm -hmm. of uh, scenario, which I don't hate when it's Canada, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, all right, let's jump into some flyer stuff. So what is your opinion on the flyers off season? And uh, what did you think was their best move? So this year, the Flyers didn't do much, if anything at all. In fact, they they lost more people than they gained, which kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. It's kind of half and half. I mean, the big one is losing Matt Niskanen because of retirement. I think that hurts a lot, and we'll probably see that, you know, with how the top pair works this year. I mean, we'll, we'll see who Provorov gets paired up with, but I think that that's a huge below but it could be mitigated depending on you know what defensemen step up but overall I mean they didn't make many moves this offseason the only one they made at least the one that comes to memory is Eric Gustafson being a depth piece for the defense but really they didn't make any moves at all and I honestly think that was probably better for them to do is not make any major moves at all one because of the cap situation since it's a flat cap it's with the pandemic, it was probably better for them to, you know, keep everybody the way that way it was and, you know, allocate space that way. Um, but I think with players coming back this year from injury, I don't know if there was any necessarily need to make a move, if that makes sense. Like they their biggest holes were like on the defense and uh, third line center, basically. And depending on what happens with Nolan Patrick this year, that could be filled and you know, if somebody like Ghost steps up this year, like, and the way he didn't last year, that could fill a spot. So 
I think that their best moves were they didn't need to make any moves at all. Sure, Matt Niskanen's retirement hurts them, but, I mean, they have a nice depth of defensemen, I think. So we'll see if they're able to patch that hole with somebody and be able to roll it through the rest of the season. The NHL season starts on Wednesday, so just around the corner, and it's time to decide what bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck. And the perfect place to go to is our friends at Bet Online. College football is just wrapping up its bowl season, and the national championship is coming up. The NFL regular season is finishing up with playoffs around the corner, plus the NBA season is well underway. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Right now, they have the Flyers at 3-1 to one to win the East Division. And check out all of the NHL bets they have, including individual player awards. Right now, they have Carter Hart with an over-under of .916.5 for his save percentage this season. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It is the start of a brand new year, so it's time to start fresh and with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, that Matt Niskanen retirement and how do we solve that problem for a good partner for Ivan Provorov is one of the storylines going into camp this year. What do you think is the biggest storyline going into this upcoming season? Well, that one for sure. But I think one of the biggest ones is how Nolan Patrick looks and how Oscar Lindblom looks. We kind of got a little bit of a sneak preview of how Lindblom looked when he came back for the playoffs uh, last year. But that was just a few games or one game, I think. Like, it wasn't really, like, a, it wasn't a very big look at him. But Nolan Patrick's going to be the big one if he plays. I mean, he's already been in training camp for a bit. Like, what's he going to look like? We haven't seen him on the ice in, I think, over a year now. Uh, so that's huge. I think how Nolan Patrick looks is going to kind of determine how the Flyers go this year because they don't need him to be fantastic. They need him to be third line level worthy, I think. And if he could plug into that spot, that's going to fill a role that the Flyers really didn't have last year. And sure. You could say second overall, overall pick, why is he playing on the third line? But that's kind of where the Flyers are at this point with their lines. But I think that's one of the huge storylines this season is if Nolan Patrick plays and, you know, like he's able to get going, how does he look? How does Oscar Lindbaum look after coming back from the cancer diagnosis for like a a full season in quotes, because it's not really a full 82 game season, but it's 56 games. And other than that, like how Shane Gossespierre looks, I mean, he played a little bit in the playoffs, but like he was benched for a good portion of the season last year. And you know, he's expected to possibly step up considering Matt Niskanen isn't on the team anymore uh, because of the retirement. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays out. And also, will any of the kids make it onto the roster this year from training camp? I mean, there are spots open for things. So, I mean, if Nolan Patrick doesn't look good in training camp, will somebody from like, will like somebody like Morgan Frost make the make the jump 
onto the team this year. So stuff like that is what I'm looking forward to seeing as, you know, training camp rolls along over the next week. Yeah, you brought up a really good point. I mean, I, all off season or uh, yeah, off season, I've been talking about the three C and if it's going to be Nolan Patrick or Morgan Frost, but I do think going into training camp, like what's going to happen to Shane Gossespierre is a, a really interesting question because the at the last training camp, we saw him being paired with Provorov. And I mean, if you talk if you talked to us two years ago, yeah, that's what we would have said. But coming into this camp, I think a lot of people just thought that position next to Provorov is going to be for Phil Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really good um, point. And that's a really interesting storyline to jump into the season with. The yeah. Flyers, they give us so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And it and it always like it always seems to be like the same questions for debating. It's like. <laughs> We debated the three C's, the defense. It's it, it. I mean, before it was the goalie. Before then, it was I know. You know, six. Like with you know, it it just it's not like the same questions. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not the goaltending question. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So on Wednesday's episode, we had our mailbag, and Rachel brought up a really good question. With given the lack of preseason games, what do you look for in evaluating who you think will make the main roster versus the taxi squad? I think this year it's going to be who has the most jump, uh, because you have to get a fast start this year with the less amount of games or the fewer amount of games that there are on the on the schedule. The Flyers are going to kind of going to have to come out hot this year. An average start won't cut it I don't think I and I think that like players that you know showcase in camp and like you know in like the taxi squad if they're if they're you know hot I think that they should maybe get a look on the team because like they're gonna need that like it's gonna be tough this year with the way the divisions are set up so I think that's one thing that they should be looking for is who has the most jump and you know who's putting up a good showing in camp and stuff like that because like that's gonna be important and there there are not a lot of games the Flyers are going to be able to fall behind. Like they're not going to be able to like lose like three games to start the season and, you know, feel good about that. Like, because the amount of games there are this year, it's it's going to be tough. And especially with the way the division is set up. But I think that that's one of the main things to look at, because even though there's no preseason games, it's going to be tough. But, you know, who's who looks good, who looks hot in uh, camp and all that would probably be what I would say if I was evaluating the team. So I'm going to jump right in and throw a question we didn't give you before. Um, So first, give me your opinion on um, Sam Moran moving to left wing from defense Mm -hmm. and over under how many games he plays this season. (laughs) That was another question in our mailbag. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for it. I'm really excited for that. I mean, the Flyers have a lot of depth at defense I mean how good they are it remains to be seen with things like Cam York and all that since he hasn't you know stepped onto the NHL ice but like I I'm excited to see it if only for the novelty factor of it all uh because I think that's just a really cool thing and you don't always see that in the NHL um but I'm excited for it I think that it gives the team something extra that not a lot of teams have and Hey, why not? I mean, if it's if he's not really fitting into the defense scheme, why not try him at uh, at wing? Uh, and as for over under, oh boy, I'm not really good with guessing these types of things. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under ten, but over five. 
because we'll see. I don't know how long they're going to go with the experiment for, but I don't think it's going to be very long. But in my heart, I want it to last longer. But I think that they're I think that they'll, you know, get a, like get some games in and then they'll be like, OK, but this is either not working or they want him back at defense or something, but I want to see him play the, it'd be cool to see him play the whole season there. I just don't think that that's reasonable considering that the way that year is this year and how crazy it is. But uh, yeah, in my heart of hearts, I want it. That is interesting. I was, <laughs> I was of the mindset that there's no way he was going to be able to play in an NHL game this season, just because of how like tight, the games are and how like literally every game genuinely counts and I just couldn't see I just feel like there's other left wings that are available that you That's would put over I think him. I think though with how like I mean there's no preseason games like mm-hmm. I think the first couple games are going to be incredibly chaotic so why true. not why that not like try them in like the first few weeks of the season I mean that's that's kind of where I was going with it because like yeah it is pretty it's gonna be pretty chaotic there's no preseason games it's it's just gonna be fast from the get-go and it's probably gonna be really chaotic I wouldn't be surprised if like we see Carter Hart give up a bunch of goals in the first couple games because it's like they're gonna have like that's gonna be their first real look at like action for the year against another team that's at like fast pace so I think it's gonna be pretty chaotic to open the season yeah, one of the aspects of this that I think is interesting is that I don't think there's a single team out there that would pick up Sam Moran on waivers. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a little bit easier to move him back and forth between a main roster and a taxi squad, let's say. But like somebody like Morgan Frost, well, I guess Morgan Frost doesn't have to go through waivers because he's mm-hmm. still ELC. But I just feel like that it's low risk for yeah. the team to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I just, I, I feel like it's a thing that's going to happen, whether we want it to or not, or whether we I, feel like it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I'm, it's going to happen. Why not? It's a crazy shortened year because of the pandemic anyway. I mean, we had last year with the bubble playoffs and all that. Just why not? I think it'll be really cool to see whether he's successful at it or not. I mean, I don't play hockey, so... But I, so I, I, the only thing I do is like analyze and write about it and stuff. So I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, the differences between, you know, what like what like the mechanics are differently for them on the ice. But I want to see it. I just think it'd be really cool. I, I whether he succeeds or not, I just think it's a neat, a neat thing for the Flyers to do this year. <laughs> a little bit of joy. Yeah, I uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to that drama a little bit, I have mm-hmm. to say. So in the playoffs this past season, I think some of the Flyers' weaknesses were exposed, to say the least, uh, some of which were apparent during the regular season, but some of which like didn't jump out at us until the playoffs. But where do you think the Flyers need to do to improve the most? Well, one of the big things is their special teams for me. I mean, the power play has to be better for them to succeed in the in the East division. It's not, it's weird saying East division, not Eastern conference, but that's a whole nother story with the way the divisions are named. But uh, yeah, I think that the power play and their special teams specifically need to be better. Uh, Penalty kill was better. I believe last year than it was in years past. Uh, But still, I think the power play, especially with like the, the amount of firepower they have, they shouldn't have been league average last year. And in order to be a better team and a better playoff team, they definitely need to be, better than league average on the power play. I don't know 
how they need to fix it, changing their personnel, figuring out a different scheme up front to, you know, shade the goalie's eyes and try and get more dirty goals in front. But like, I I really think that that's one of the things they're going to need to be improved upon this season because they're in the conference or they're in the division with teams like the Penguins, the Bruins, the Capitals, who all have incredible firepower and make their power plays work. So that's really going to be something this year that I'm looking forward to seeing if they've, you know, improved upon because I, I don't think that they could, you know, go into the playoffs again with the league average power play and make it work. Um, but other things, I mean, you were right that they were kind of exposed in the playoffs, you know, like not, not playing a full 60 minutes. Sometimes they, they would seem get, you know, to get bogged down in their own end by like, like team like the Islanders or the Canadians when they played. Uh, so I'm hoping to see that they'll have more spring in their step and maybe an infusion of some of the newer, younger kids onto the team might help with that. But for me, like the big thing is the special teams. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one. And you brought up a really good point with the fact that the teams in the East Division, uh, their power plays are going to be um, th- nine times out of ten, they're able to make their convert on their power plays. And with the fact that in training camp, AV's putting so much emphasis on um, shootout um, practice and like shootout attempts. Uh, scoring and not scoring on the power play can win or lose you a game in definitely this season. So that's a really good point. And hopefully, hopefully AV's keeping that in mind and keeping Terry far away from the power play. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this week on the locked on NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampado and the locked on sports season preview series. All week long, they've been previewing all 31 NHL teams, division by division. If you liked our conversation earlier this week with Scott Cullen on who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, he joins Locked on NHL. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so who on the team do you feel like needs to take a step forward this year? Well, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but Nolan Patrick, I think, has a lot to prove. Um, if he makes it onto the team and continues playing this year. Um, after missing all of last year, I mean, it's a huge topic in Flyers Twitter as to, you know, his value and, you know, how he's perceived as a as a forward. I, I really think that he needs to – he doesn't need to be amazing, but he needs to show us something this year, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's an unpopular opinion or a hot take or anything like, you know, I'm not trying to criticize him at all. I mean, it sucks. He lost a year to migraines. He's lost a bunch of games to injury. Uh, but he needs to, you know, go out there and, I guess, prove that he still has a spot on the team. And, I mean, I, I think he can do it. But I think that's one of the big questions going into this year is um, how he performs. And, I mean, I've talked to Nolan Patrick in the locker room uh, before. And I know he's a he's he's a gamer. He likes playing he's incredibly competitive and hard on himself uh so i i really think that he's gonna you know do his best so we'll see what happens i but that's one of the big things for me i also think jvr should step up this year a little bit i mean he had 19 goals last year which is you know was fine but i think that maybe he could you know he could be a better bigger impact player for me especially if he gets you know more power play time because I think that he's incredibly well suited to that Wayne Simmons type role of standing in front of the net and, you know, getting the dirty goals. Um, so he'd be another one I'd like to see, you know, take a little bit of a step forward. And also somebody like Ghost, because 
people wanted him to be traded in the offseason. And I mean, he could have been possibly if Matt Niskanen didn't retire. Uh, so there's kind of that sentiment kind of hanging around a little bit in the in the fan base. So I he hasn't been the player we thought he was going to be after spending a lot of time with the bench last year. And, you know, he didn't he hasn't really like sh- like performed up to what we saw in his first couple of years in the league. Um, so I don't know if that's the real Shane Goss despair, but I'd like to see him, you know, take another step forward and bring something to the table after, you know, spending time on and off the bench last year. Yeah, those are all really good suggestions for people that need to take a step up. JBR, I think, is a, is a really good point there, especially because, you know, his place in the lineup, I think, isn't necessarily secure. Mm-hmm. And so for him to kind of lock in a spot that makes sense for him, right, in mm-hmm. terms of his usage and what he's best at, I think is is a real, like, the Venn diagram of what he's good at and what the Flyers need, that overlap is really small. So mm-hmm. he has to, like, nail that exact position that they mm-hmm. need him to be on the team, right? Yeah. So that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I'm going to piggyback off you, Rachel. I completely agree. And it's so crazy to to say that JVR needs to kind of take a step forward, because when you look at his stats and you break down what he did last year, he he had a good he had mm-hmm. a good season. Like he was useful in the role that they that he had for the Flyers. But it's just I don't know if it's just the contract. I don't know if it's the fact that there are other people that could fill where where he is in the lineup. But it just never seems to be enough, unfortunately. So I, yeah. I, I would love that for. And I like GBR. the guy too. Like I think yeah. he, he fills Absolutely. a good role on the Flyers. Like I said, he feels like that Wayne Simmons type mm. role. I think he's probably better at that role than Wayne Simmons is currently because of you know the difference in their age and you know how how the how their careers have gone. So like, I I think that like there is a place for him in the lineup. But you're right, Rachel. He has to nail. He has to nail it exactly because it is such a very like a niche not like a niche role almost but like he does something very very well and if he's on it he's on it but if he's not he's he can be kind of like a dead weight sometimes on the ice not to criticize him I think he's a very good player but you know his his niche is there and he needs to hit that in order to maintain his spot on the team for sure all right such good conversation with Mary. Uh, make sure you are subscribed because we have the second part of today's conversation on Monday and we're getting into predictions. So it is Friday and of course we have to end with our gritty thing of the week. And right now we just have one and I think it's very fitting. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the best of gritty 2020. Of course, Gritty and his uh, social media team put together the best moments, uh, the best Gritty moments of 2020. And man, this it's they got a lot of really good ones. I this was a throwback and man. Gritty was fantastic in 2020. So many good moments. Really love this compilation. Obviously, this came from, again, like the Flyers social media team, and they couldn't put in the part where Gritty was accused of punching a kid, but that was <laughs> probably my favorite one. So I was a little sad I didn't get to see it, but obviously, for <laughs> legal reasons, they could not keep put that in. But oh man, what a crazy year. Yeah. 
I think that's like a nice little mic drop for Gritty uh, for 2020 because this was really good. If you haven't seen it, uh, we will link it in the show notes, of course. Um, But before we go, we have to say, you know, it's sad, um, but a happy retirement to Bill Clement. He's retiring from broadcasting. Um, So congrats to him on an amazing career uh, on the ice and in the booth. Yeah, it's going to be weird to not have his voice be a part of the Flyers experience this upcoming season. I just feel like they're one and the same in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. he's just so fun in the broadcast booth that uh, just his personality, I think, given especially with his history with the team, I think Mm -hmm. made for a really entertaining like Flyers game experience. So we will definitely miss him. For sure. There, there's a lot of changes, and I don't know. It's like too many at one time. Like, I please, know. Give me one a season. Not all of these changes at once. Uh, but we'll get through it. With that said, thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back again on Monday with our Nemesis of the Week and part two of our conversation uh, and season preview with Mary Clark on the Flyers. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you, so send in your questions via Twitter at Locked on Flyers or LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks, and have a great weekend.